Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill and welcome to my weekly podcast. When I pick a subject that I've stumbled into, often by accident, it must be said, in my extensive reading that interests me in the area of science. And I try and pick things that people might relate to and find interesting because science is great. But it's important, of course, to talk about things that excite us all. Now, this one, get ready. It sounds unprepossessing, the science of tea. Now, we all have tea. I'm sure you all have a cup of tea in the morning. I certainly do, you know. And there's been really good evidence over the years that tea is good for you. But strangely enough, coffee has been in the limelight more. And there was loads of studies on coffee being good for you. Now, I'm more of a tea drinker. Although in the morning, I need to get going with a cup of coffee. As I sit here this morning, I've got a very strong cup of coffee in front of me to get my brain going. But in the evening, I must prefer a cup of tea. But guess what? Tea is as good as coffee. So that's the first thing to say. And again, I'm going to tell you two or three things about this big study because it really illustrates how great science can be. How do you prove tea is good for you? Well, obviously, you follow lots of people who drink tea. And you measure their health and various things about them. And this can be dogged with bias, not enough people being studied, all kinds of problems to get to a bottom line and try to figure out if tea is good for you. But this study is quite remarkable. It's the UK Biobank. Now, I think I might have mentioned this before. This is a massive study in the UK following millions of people uh, with their health, their biology, all kinds of things, taking samples, you know, measuring their DNA and all sorts of things. The UK, in fact, deserves huge credit for setting up this UK biobank because we're learning a lot about different diseases. But in this particular study, get ready for the number. Half a million men and women were followed. Now, that seems outrageous number of people. And they studied half a million men. Many, many were tea drinkers. 85% of them said they regularly have a cup of tea. 89% of the people who drink tea go for black tea, different types of tea, which I'll come back to. They filled in questionnaires uh, between 2006 and 2010, and then they were followed up over the course of a decade. Now, Now, I can't explain to you how you know much effort went into this. Imagine following half a million people. Now, of course, they were measuring lots of things in these people, but when you single in on the tea drinkers and you look at how much tea was being drunk, if you have two or more cups a day, you decrease your risk of weight for it death by 13%. Now, that's a significant effect, okay, because you're really you know, having an effect on people's overall health. So simply drinking two cups of tea a day will decrease your risk of death reasonably substantially. Now, 13%. It might not sound like a lot to some people, but you have a one in ten less less of a chance of dying, I suppose, if you drink tea. And and when I saw that, it really struck me as interesting because the statistics on this were superb. And again, many many of you know, statistics is really important in science. Now, what is statistics? It's looking at the numbers and trying to make sure you get significance in what you're observing. So half a million people is very, very powerful. Uh, The number is important because sometimes you might see reports on something in people and they could be what are called confounding variables. Let's say you take a small number of people and let's say they all do a sport as well as drink tea. It could be the sport that's beneficial, not the tea. When you have a million, everything evens out. The various traits are spread evenly among the population is the idea to use a technical phrase. So the number is extremely important. Um, and then we, we can rely on these numbers. And then the second thing I look for, and this is another tip for you, if you look at these kinds of studies. Always look at the number of people being studied. The more, the better. Secondly, where is the study published? Now, if something is published in the, say, Bray Gazette, and there's no such thing, I'm from Bray, but if there was a magazine in Bray and it was only published there, I might be a bit suspicious of it. You want to see the stuff published in the best places in the world where the editors are very competent and you can rely on it. This was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine. That is a very, very famous, prominent medical journal. 
It's got what's called an impact factor of 50. Now, impact factors are how, how important journals are. Anything over five is seen as good. This is 50, this journal. So we know it's a very reputable place. We know the study's been looked at closely by what I call referees, strangely, is the name we use for people who look at papers and decide if they're good or not. So when I submit a paper of my own research to a journal, the referees come back and they decide is it good or not. I might ask questions and I might, might react to them. So the best journals have the best referees. So this journal is very, very strong. So we know, therefore, that this study is more than likely correct. Now, of course, um, you know, that's that's the bottom line from the study, all that effort. And what the study says is drinking two cups of tea or more are good for you and decrease your risk of death. Um, what I also found really interesting was it doesn't matter if you have milk or sugar in the tea. Now, you might think sugar would be bad for you. Spoony sugar is not the worst thing, is it? Little dribble of milk, you know? That's what this study shows. It doesn't matter if you've, you have milk and sugar in your tea. It's still very, very beneficial. So very, very important. And the follow-up over the course of 10 years is incredible on all these people. Now, there had been other studies um, in the past on tea drinking, especially in countries like China and Asia, where there's lots of tea drinking. But they were about green tea which is a, like, it's like black tea, but it's a bit, it's a bit different, it must be said. Black tea is more fermented, or the, the leaves are treated differently. And, and they were showing beneficial effects as well, but the studies weren't as extensive. But it turns out um, those smaller studies were more than likely correct, because this big study confirms all of that. And again, those studies on green tea, again, they were showing beneficial effects like decreased risk of heart attack, effects on blood pressure, uh, also cancer, remarkably, there's some evidence tea drinking might protect a bit against cancer, not a cure by any means, but certainly beneficial. So there had been those studies bumping around um, in what we call the literature already, but this biobank study confirms, as if we didn't know, that tea is very, very good for you. So make sure you get your cup of tea. Now, when you dig into it a bit, um, and especially for you, wonderful people listening in, I've done a bit of digging on, on, on different types of tea. And these are different studies, but they look pretty reliable. Not, not maybe as reliable as the big study I just mentioned, but the University of Pennsylvania Medical School. Now, again, there's a hint. Very reputable medical school in Pennsylvania. They've written a big report on the beneficial effects of tea drinking, and they looked at different types of tea. So again, we can, we can kind of rely on this because the University of Pennsylvania wouldn't want its name linked into something ropey, shall we say, or dodgy. And on that University of Pennsylvania Medicine website, by the way, it's, it's worth looking at the University of Pennsylvania medical site because there's loads of interesting things about medicine there. It goes into different types of herbal tea. Now, I'm sure some of you might drink these types of tea. Um, I don't. I much prefer regular black tea with two spoons of sugar and milk. But chamomile, used for, for, for centuries type of tea, right, as being beneficial. Good evidence, it decreases menstrual pain, which can be very useful, of course. And secondly, improves sleep. Now, many know a little cup of chamomile tea in the evening and you might, people listening might, might take that occasionally. There's evidence it works. There's something in the chamomile that acts as a mild sedative. So there's another, another beneficial effect. And of course, we all know, really important to get a good night's sleep for all as many aspects of our health. Now, the second one, peppermint tea. Again, very popular. Um, there's menthol is in peppermint tea, and that's a natural plant-derived chemical. Gives gives mint its flavor, actually. That will soothe the stomach. And there's good evidence for that in things like irritable bowel syndrome. So a little cup of peppermint tea can be very beneficial for IBS. And IBS is a, is, a, is a nasty thing that many people have. So a cup of peppermint tea is very useful there. The third one that's reputable. Now remember, I'm giving you the stuff that I think is probably correct based on, on, on the numbers and all the rest of it. Ginger. Cup of ginger tea. Guess what that's good for? If you feel a bit nauseous. 
Now again, we know the stuff in ginger, actually, that can decrease nausea. And ginger tea is especially good for morning sickness, which again can be very debilitating for pregnant women. So good evidence, a cup of ginger tea can help with that. Then there's hibiscus tea. Now we're moving into the teas I know little about, but maybe people listening have heard of hibiscus tea. That's been shown to decrease kidney stones. Now kidney stones can happen at any time. They can cause pain in your side uh, and down into your groin area. Hibiscus can help dissolve the kidney stones. Now again, with any of these things, if it's serious and if you worry, go to your GP. Don't rely on these teas to to crack it for you. But still, a bit of hibiscus tea does bring these benefits. And then the last one is a thing called oolong tea. Now, that's been shown to decrease anxiety. And secondly, keeps you pretty alert. So oolong tea is actually probably as good as coffee getting your brain going in the morning. So again, if you don't like a cup of coffee, have a cup of oolong tea. And what's nice about that study is, because the big question for me, as if you're listening to me regularly, I want to know the mechanism, what's going on here. Like I'll I'll see the study and try to dig into it, because if you know the mechanism, it's probably correct. There's a thing in oolong tea called L-theanine, named after tea. It's a special chemical, natural chemical that occurs. And that's the stuff that seems to limit anxiety and keep you alert. Now, you can see where that's going to go. Um, companies are now making L-theanine and testing it, you see. And that might be a new medicine, you never know, based on oolong tea. So, you know, out of this research can come all kinds of interesting things. And then the other thing to say is green and black tea, they share chemicals called flavonoids. There's another uh, new word, I guess, for some of you. Now, flavonoids, again, are natural chemicals. They're in plants and they're in very rich in tea. Flavonoids will decrease cholesterol, decrease blood pressure, right? And that's very good for your heart. So again, beneficial effects. The decrease in death may well have been because the tea is protecting you against the risk of a heart attack and high blood pressure. So flavonoids are a very important class of what we call phytochemicals, P-H-O-I-T-O for plant, that may be bringing the beneficial effects. And then I did a bit more digging. And um, and I like this fact as well. Again, it looks, looks uh, as if it's probably true. For every cup of tea you drink, you've got a 4% decreased risk of heart disease. So the more cups, the higher the decreased risk. Isn't that wonderful? Now, we like that because that's what's called a dose response. In other words, if you observe something and, and a higher dose brings more benefits, then that's probably correct. You see. And of course, too much can be a bad thing as most things in life, you know, but in moderation, if you drink too much tea, who knows? But certainly with three or four cups of tea the, a day, the, prote- the protection from the risk of heart disease went up and up and up, you see. So, so again, all those studies combined tell us that like, you can't beat a cup of tea. Let's face it. And did you know, we Irish are the biggest tea drinkers in the world. Now, when I came across that statistic, I said, I can't be right. Surely people in China, when we see people have tea ceremonies and all sorts, that we drink more tea than us. But it turns out the Irish love their cup of tea. And it's second only to water as a liquid that we all drink. So maybe the Irish, maybe our good health, because uh, Ireland's not doing too bad in the health world in terms of longevity and diseases. It isn't so much about the health service, although we do support them. Maybe it's a big part because we drink so much tea. That could be a very beneficial effect overall for us. And I'll finish now. And I dug into a few quotes. Loads of philosophers and thinkers have written about how wonderful tea is, especially Chinese philosophers. And there's a great Chinese philosophy. Tea leads us into a world of 
quiet contemplation. Isn't that nice? And, and again, people would know about these tea ceremonies and a lot of that's about calming down, sitting together, making a nice warm beverage, sipping it, and it has these beneficial effects. And those tea ceremonies, they knew what they were doing. It, it could be all about, you know, just relaxing really. And of course, communicating with each other and, and social activity is part of going for a cup of tea, which brings its own benefits. But my favourite quote, of all is Billy Connolly. Now I learned this morning that Kira is actually from Scotland. <laughs> the new producer. We've ditched that one because he's useless. Um, Billy Connolly, Kira said the following: Never trust a man who, when left with a tea cosy, doesn't put it on his head. Okay, so every time you see a tea cosy, make sure you stick it on your head. Uh, that would bring benefits as well. So there you have it. The science of tea. Get your cup of tea, is my advice. It'll bring you all kinds of benefits. So thanks for listening. And of course, my podcast is a news talk production and it goes out every Thursday and you can download it from wherever you download your podcasts. And thanks very much for listening. Thank you.